Welcome to The Honest Uproar, a podcast where modern, child-free women share their life stories and where we discuss important topics for the kid-free community. I'm Isabel, your host and founder and firebrand of The Uprising Spark, a digital platform that offers life coaching products and services for modern, independent, child-free women. Our aim is to build a strong female community and to connect empowered women around the globe. Okay, this is about to get really personal. So I'm going to explain first why I wanted to record this episode of The Megaphone so you can understand where I'm coming from. A couple of weeks ago, I recorded an episode on a podcast in Spanish. So I was contacted by Carla. She is of Latin American descent. She lives in the States. And she wanted me to talk in her podcast about just general health. Not physical, because I'm not a doctor or anything like that, but just how to keep your mind healthy. When we had the first conversation, she mentioned something about mental health, and I said to her, well, I can definitely talk to you about that. So I did. And the result was a deeply personal, very close-to-heart conversation. It was very pleasant. But at the same time, it was very difficult. So the reason I wanted to talk to you guys about this today is because I'm a big mental health awareness advocate. I think it's a conversation that we need to have a lot more. I think that um, there are still a lot of people who don't like to talk about it and feel ashamed if they suffer from one of these type of illnesses. I feel that there's still a lot of taboo around that subject in many very traditional societies or communities. And I feel that it has to be normalized, just like sexual health, reproductive health, and any other type of uh, subject related to the well-being of a human being. It needs to be normalized. Another reason I wanted to bring up this subject on this particular episode is because even if I had 1,000 reasons to be child-free. The most important one will always be, I just don't want to have children. And I'm sure it's the case for many of you. Whatever reasons they are, all of them are valid, but it always boils down to the fact that you just don't want to have that responsibility. And then there are many other reasons, like, you know, wanting your freedom, or, you know, just wanting to, like, sleep in on a Saturday or a Sunday just because. However, some of us, have other reasons, which are essentially medical reasons. So either we have a physical ailment, or in my case, a mental illness that is not necessarily hereditary, but it is genetic. So if we have a genetic predisposition to any type of illness, or even if it's hereditary, that makes it even more I mean, the chance that you're going to pass it on to the next generation is even higher. That's another reason not to have children. In my case, it is. Because, like I said, even though it's not hereditary, mental illness runs in both sides of my family. So it is my genes. And it is very highly possible that I could pass it on to children if I ever became a mother. And I didn't want that. So to begin with my story, I was brought up in a family in which, like I just mentioned, mental illness 
runs in our bloodline on both sides. When I was a child, one of my mother's brothers, so he was my uncle, I remember that I always thought of him as being different. People in my family would call him el loco, which means the crazy one. But it wasn't because he was, you know, a little bit weird or, you know, had a certain different type of personality. It was because he was a schizophrenic. And his schizophrenia was so unusual that his doctors couldn't put it in one box. His doctors couldn't say he suffers from this specific type of schizophrenia. He had symptoms from different types. So he had a very complicated chart and he was medicated. And he had been like that ever since he was a young boy. I heard stories of him being a young kid and doing things in school, like standing up on his desk and giving speeches. You know, things that would make somebody think, oh, he's, you know, he has a very active imagination or he's somebody who just won't stay still or he's a prankster. But this was all part of his illness. My grandfather was also ill. My grandfather also had a type of mental illness that made him extremely paranoid and he was depressive. But even with that, you know, having that illness himself, but not really knowing because I don't think my grandfather was ever diagnosed, he didn't understand what his son was going through. So he would discipline him, discipline, quote unquote, uh, by being very harsh on him and very strict. My grandmother didn't understand either. This was back in the 1960s, 1970s. And eventually when he, my uncle, got diagnosed, then they knew that he had to take some medicine and whatnot. He spent a lot of time in the home for uh, mentally ill people. He would take his medicine sometimes. And when he did, and he had that clarity of mind to be able to understand what was going around him, because when he wasn't, he was just hallucinating the whole time. I remember seeing him cry a couple of times and ask to no one in particular, why did he have to live this life? Why me? Why did I have to be born with this illness and suffer from it? And that was actually in those short moments of clarity. They were very rare. And then because he didn't like taking the medicine, and I think, he, and he never said this, but I think it was because that just made him aware of the fact that he was ill. Then he turned to drugs, like really hard drugs. And my uncle um, became homeless and he would roam the streets of his hometown. He would sleep on the streets. He would buy drugs of dealers and he would be high off his head the whole time. All of these are memories that I have of him when I was a child. And my grandfather passed away when I was very young. So my grandmother was the one who was dealing with this son and his illness, but because she still didn't accept him for who he was and, you know, that he was an ill person, that he needed help, that he needed support, she, at some point, she just gave up. She gave up on him. And I don't blame her. He was too much. He was sometimes violent towards her. And she just gave up on him and she left. She left the city. So... My mother, she is the eldest of all her siblings. 
she took over and she started looking after her very ill brother. And whenever I go back and think about those moments, think about how I remember my mother and also my other aunt and uncle and my cousins and everyone in the family, it was just, there was a lot of anguish and despair and everyone was worried and nobody knew what to do and just this sense of there's absolutely nothing that we can do. My uncle eventually passed away and we didn't know that he had passed away until a few years later. Like I mentioned uh, at the beginning of this episode, he's not the only case of somebody dealing with a mental illness in my family, but he's definitely the one that has impacted me the most because I have all these memories of him and I just didn't understand. And nobody ever sat me down to say, your uncle is suffering from a mental illness and he can't help it. And we need to be supportive and we need to try to, you know, have him take his medicine and talk to him and understand where he's coming from and understand that some of his behaviors are not normal behaviors in the sense that he cannot think with the brain of the average person because the chemical imbalance in his brain doesn't let him, doesn't allow him to do that. I will confess to you that Becoming that ill, that mentally ill, was always one of my biggest fears when I was a child. I was so afraid that I was going to develop a very serious mental illness. Turns out this fear of mine wasn't so irrational. I suffer from a mental illness. I used to be very sad all the time when I was a kid, and I just didn't understand why. And sometimes I would just shut the world outside of me and I would just contemplate my life in a very, very dark way for a 12 or a 13 year old. And I was tired all the time. As a teenager, I was tired all the time. My parents would say to me, oh, that's always your excuse. You're always tired. And like they thought I was lying to them, but I really didn't feel like getting out of bed. Like I felt my body and my muscles weight a ton and I just didn't want to drag myself out of bed to do anything or see anyone or interact with anyone else because I just felt so tired. And I would sleep 12, 13 hours straight, you know, like most teenagers do. But that wouldn't, that wouldn't serve its purpose. I would still feel like I had exercise for eight hours straight. Eventually, I graduated high school and, you know, years went on and I, I continue feeling this. I continue feeling that despair, that hole, that void, that there was absolutely no reason for me to feel because I actually had a very privileged life. But I just felt like shit. I had low self-esteem. I had low self-confidence. But it was more than that. It was more than, oh, I don't like myself. It was really... It was really more of, I have no idea what I'm doing here in this planet, on this earth, with these people. I don't know. What's the purpose? I'm not, I, I shouldn't be here. I, I just felt like in, I was in a black hole. And then 10 years ago, I decided to go to a psychiatrist because I really needed help. I couldn't dig myself out of that hole that I was in. And I was very scared for myself. 
And after a few sessions, I was diagnosed as suffering from depression, anxiety, uh, which is, by the way, a lot more common than you might think. My anxiety has been getting a lot better, you know, by doing exercises and self-confidence and self-esteem has actually helped my anxiety. But at the point when it got really bad, I was having panic attacks. I'm doing a lot better now. And for years, I refused to take medication. I was so scared to become numb because what I had heard is that medication just makes you numb. You can't feel anything. And I was feeling a lot, but I didn't want to not feel anything. I wanted to feel like a normal person. So I refused, flat refused to take any medication until last year that I had a very difficult time. So I went to see my shrink, it's been the same shrink for the last 10 years. And she said to me, you really have to take medication. And she prescribed me sertraline. And if that doesn't work, then we can change medication and see what's, you know, what works best for you because we all have different uh, ways to assimilate the drugs and whatnot. But I want you to take this. And I'm glad I did because the medication brought me to a mental state in which I felt peace again, in which I felt with enough energy to continue doing, you know, my day-to-day -day tasks. But also the clarity that the medication brought to me wasn't, oh my God, why do I have to suffer from this? Why is this something that I have to live with for the rest of my life? No. The clarity that the medication brought with it was for me to really, truly understand that this is a chemical imbalance in my brain, that I'm not the only one suffering from this. There are many of us out there that it is an illness of the brain just like suffering from any other type of physical disease is. So if you have a lung disease or if you're, you know, for example, people that suffer from their colon, then, you know, you go to a specialist and you get that seen. But getting a specialist to see your brain, somehow in 2019, for some people, is still a taboo. It's still a bad thing. It's still something that only weirdos do. It's still something that, you know, you can't do that. Or you can't tell people that you're actually taking medication. It's not normal. That makes you undesirable. And we need to break all of those stigmas. Because this is something that we don't choose. Just like any other ailment in our bodies. We don't choose to become ill with anything. We don't choose to suffer from a mental illness that you You cannot, there is no cure for it. Nobody does. And after realizing that it is in my genes, is not the main reason why I'm child-free, but it is certainly one of the reasons why I would not have any children because passing this on to them would be unfair. And it's not only that. It's not only about passing genes down to someone else who might develop a mental illness, It's also the fact that during my moments of crisis, I could barely take care of myself. So if I could barely take care of myself, how am I supposed to take care of another human being? I want to finish this megaphone episode 
with one of the best quotes I heard in Joker, the movie. The worst part of having a mental illness is people expect you to behave as if you don't. Thank you for listening to The Honest Uproar, a podcast where modern, child-free women share their life stories and where we discuss important topics for the kid-free community. We hope you tune in next week for our newest episode. And since we love hanging out with you, please be sure to follow us on social media at The Honest Uproar and visit our website at thehonestuproar.com. If you like what you heard, feel free to share with your fierce, child-free firecracker friends. Until next time, continue fueling your inner fire. <laughs>